Hey Band Style, the Rewind 80s mixtape tour is coming to your area of planet Earth. Saturday, June the 4th, 2022, the Forge Theatre and Arts Hub will be rocking and we'll be showcasing all the greatest 80s hits live. Grab your tickets for all shows around Australia on www.rewind80smixtape.com.au. See you soon. tonight very big anniversary isn't it sammy one of our absolutely. favorites oh oh absolutely for me a childhood favorite a life favorite really you know yeah 100% we've talked about this album uh in passing but we wanted to dive deeper because it's celebrating a very big anniversary tell us all about it sammy 40 years of rio duran duran now I How can tell you absolutely, and we've we've opened opened the case up with the opening track Rio, and for me I was a very young girl, like eleven or twelve, and I got a handbag for Christmas, which was a red handbag. You got them with your shoes, you know, when you were little, and it was the only time I've ever used handbags. I fucking haven't used them in my life, and I had a handkerchief from my mum and a fucking copy of Rio tape in my handbag and that went everywhere I went. Oh, wow. Such a good album to take with you. Great album. Great album. And, you know, I would throw it in any tape deck I came across, especially if I went to my cousin's house. And it's a special album and I don't know. I always loved Duran Duran. I think they're incredible. 
Yeah, yeah. Such a beautiful album. It looks good. Every track on it's really strong. I'm so glad we're talking about it tonight and taking a deep dive and having a look all through it. So let's dive in. But first of all, I'm Jay Jovi. I'm Sammy Hardon. And, and we're the 80s, the 80s montage. Yeah, and we're remote again tonight. We are very busy, busy, busy the month of May, but we'll get through, you know. I've had a fucking cunt of a day. Ah, have you? Oh, oh, just so busy, mate, and yeah. rushing all over town yeah. and late for this and late for that and ugh, yeah. fuck it. I would be dangerous so, if I drove a car. I don't think I <laughs> yeah. could do it because I've always got to plan two hours to get somewhere, you know. So everything's oh, yeah. got to be done as I go or, you know, that kind of vibe. But, you know, the good thing about public transport is um, you can listen to great records like Rio and yeah. go back into that same headspace you were in when you were younger, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's one one thing I like about, you know, even though I sort of rush around trying to make appointments and shit and wearing this hat and wearing that hat and all of that, Mm. I um, it gives me the opportunity just to sort of turn off for two seconds while I'm driving and just listen to something that I really love. It really, really pumps me up for the next thing. Yeah, that's right. And oftentimes or not, it's Duran Duran. I love Duran Duran. And, you know, I play Rio a lot. It's one of my favourite songs. Hungry Like the Wolf, um, I probably know too well, if anything. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know couple of other things. I don't want to sort of blow it because I want to talk about these, uh, each track as we go through this album. Um, yeah. But, yeah, a couple of others from this album I really love as well. You yeah. probably probably know which ones actually. I do. I do. But I was walking, doing my walk today and I was listening to a couple of 80s pod- podcasts. I'm amazed at how many 80s podcasts do not have fucking music on their podcast. Like what is wrong with them? They oh, don't have right. licensing. Okay. Like there's no license. They don't play music. And I've got a fantastic relationship with APRA and One Music and I pay for the licensing with all our shows and even our theatre show and I just don't yeah. get it. It's just like well, I don't really want to hear you all the time. I want to hear some music. So the good thing I like about when we do album reviews or, you know, the anniversary, celebrating the anniversary, is that you're going to hear some music from the record. So if you're kind of young or you don't know much about the record, you're going to hear some stuff, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And look, I, I guess the whole thing with our show is that it's the it's the band room experience for people that have never been into a band room. And if you like – if you're in a band room and having a chat, it's all about the music. It's all about the music. You you know, constantly talking about other bands or new music that you love or shit that you've discovered and playing yeah. it for each other on your phones, whatever. So I guess that's why we have so much music. And and, and also just because music was so fucking dominant in the eighties, you yeah, know. That's right. Everything else followed music. It yeah. was so great. Absolutely. So um, I'm very excited. We're drawing up contracts for Twin Towns today at Tweedhead. Fantastic. So that's happening today. So the Rewind Daddy's Mixtape Tour will be there in October. Super excited. Been working with them. We're just getting that on board. But it's taken a little while but eventually we're going to be there. So we'll be going Twin Towns, Cairns and then I think there's another venue but I'm just 
um, negotiating that. But what I love about our show is that we care about keyboards and I think Duran Duran was very keyboard orientated as well as fantastic musicians. Gotcha. I just think back to the 80s when these guys would have been gigging. I find it hard for the last 10 years, I don't know whether it's because music has changed, getting sound guys to fucking put a keyboard in the mix is like pulling your fucking teeth out that I don't know how they did it in these years. You know what I mean? Like it must have been. Unless it was the norm. I don't think it was though, you know? I don't get it. And sort of we go on tour and you're sort of dealing with different houses and stuff and it's just like, mate, turn the fucking keys up. It's the 80s for fuck's sake, you know. It's an instrument and it's a fucking great instrument. Yeah. And uh, I just just thought today, fuck, who who was mixing them? I'd love to know who did their live mix because all the keyboards are up. Because that little arpeggio ain't hungry like the wolf, if – that's a that's an okay sound because it breaks through anyway because it's quite toppy. But, you know, getting keyboard pads and stuff in the mix, for me, I've had to almost train our sound guys to do that, you know. Like I can think back to that's why I don't get the sound guys from the theatres because it just won't have keys in the mix. And we had that yeah. the other night with Brian's gig. I just couldn't believe it. I was like there's no bass in the fucking mix, you know. And it's – Oh, how did that go? A, Let's talk yeah, about that. Yeah, it was great. I, it was great. So, so – If you guys don't know, Sammy and Maddie's, um played with um, – Brian Cannon. With Brian Cannon. Yeah, Brian Cannon did a – solo. Brian Cannon from Pseudo Echo, of course, did a solo show at Chapel of Chapel here in Melbourne in Pran. And Sammy and Matty were in his band. So um, I, I wasn't able to go and I'm so sorry. And oh, I, my I God. I meant to ask you – yeah, I meant to ask you on Saturday night because we hung out on Saturday night – um, and I was – like every time I'd chat to you and then leave, I'd be like, oh, I must ask her how it went. How did it all go? Yeah, look, it was good. I mean it was that same old thing we find with the theatres where the sound guys don't mix up the keyboards and the bass because uh. we had keyboard bass and I wasn't really in the mix. Like I was very faint and, you know, we take our own sound guys in for that reason. It was that same old yeah. fucking scenario with, with theatres where they, they, you know, they kind of transistor radio it so the oldies don't freak out, you know. But half mm. these people go to pubs and they go to clubs and they want to hear the fucking sound, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it was fine. I mean, I think everyone went really well couple of little things but not really anything drastic and we wanted to get that new romantic gothic sound but it, it sort of wasn't prominent just because you need your own sound guy. You really do. I hate to say it yeah. but they can't mix, mate, at the theatres. And we I used tell to take, them. Um, we used to take our own sound – like take our own sound guy on tour when I was doing originals Yeah, and we used to treat him like a member of the band that yeah. just wasn't on stage. you have to. Because it's so, so fucking important. Well, I said to them, oh, where's your bottom end speakers? Can you turn them up? You know, because that's the yeah. first thing they do is they just use the top end. And I yeah. said, have you got bottom end speakers? And I'm looking around for them and they go, yeah, they're up in the roof. And I'm like. What the fuck would bottom end speakers be up in the fucking roof yeah. for? So Are the you... answer's no. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's that means it's going to be no. There's going to be no bottom end. You know. And not only that, it's like, don't you fucking know? Like, <laughs> they obviously mm. didn't know. You yeah. know what I mean? That would that would make you worried, wouldn't it? And, and you know, I'm I'm not the boss of that show, so 
I think the guys realise that they would need to take their own person in. But, yeah, it's one of that, that boring story where you, you do need to bring your own sound guy and, and they are worth their weight in gold, you know, especially when you've yeah. got keyboards in the mix, you know. Now, did um, I mean, obviously we're, we're sort of ultra critical because we know it inside and out and we want the best and everything. What did the audience think? Did they enjoy it? Oh, I loved it. Loved it. Great. Yeah, Brian awesome. loves to talk about his life as well. So it's like spoken yeah. word with Brian Cannon, you know, with yeah, a bit great. of music. So it's sort of we were worried that we didn't have enough music because they were all different treatments of the song and then it went for two hours and, you know, it was great. It was great. And it was a it was Beautiful. a gig back for Brian as well. Like we've already been gigging with our band but Brian, it's his first gig back so it was great, yep. you know. Awesome. And were you – um? When he's telling the stories, were you like fucking pissing yourself up the back? Like, ah, ha, ha. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know, right? I wasn't. Um, Tony Featherston, who played keyboards, he was the other keyboard player who's a very good friend of mine. I've worked with him many years ago. He came up to me and he was just chatting. He goes, oh, blah, blah, blah. And it was just fucking funny because you know when you don't see someone for 20 years and then you see them and you just click? It was like that with us. And he's yeah, a great, great guy, you know. Um, but no, no, I was really conservative, man. I was fucking – the hair was straight, everything was normal in a suit jacket and I was, wasn't picking on anyone. And I was I was also a little <laughs> bit nervous, you know, because it's original yeah. shit, you know. Gotcha, yeah. Yeah, uh, so awesome. that was my Friday. Right. But I actually enjoyed your Saturday night yeah. barbecue. Yeah. Too, you know, we had a we had a baby shower. Uh, Mika and I are about to be parents, so uh, we um we had a baby shower on on Saturday night, and it was a pretty Amazing. wild fucking baby shower. Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit! I can't it remember was. you guys. I got pretty drunk. I, I yeah, Did but you? look, everybody got pretty drunk. Yeah, yeah. We left I, um, at midnight. Oh yes, yeah. Yeah. You know. It didn't go late because it started sort of – it was a barbie, you know. It started like five in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, and oh, during the night itself I probably probably only had two or three drinks. But as we got past the speeches and I thought, oh, I can have fun now, I, I started yeah. getting sort of fairly pissed. Certain people were very drunk. Yeah, that's right. Fucking someone bit me on the neck and I had a big fucking – Bite mark on my neck for Fucking you know the three days afterwards. Yeah, no, not cool. That's um, that's not always cool. great at school, isn't it? Yeah, oh, that's <laughs> right. Hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a hickey about, kids. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, not, it's a not a hickey kids. It's yeah, my I've drunk got, mate uh, that can't get his fucking shit together, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! Uh, exactly. I, oh, I you're having a child, and I love that about you guys, but. It just wasn't for me and for me that's like having a child, looking after your friends. Yeah. Like I don't yeah, want a yeah, mother yeah, yeah. that anymore, yeah. you know. Well, this is this is largely sort of with my originals band why, because I was sort of, I don't know, I don't know. I don't like to say I was progressing through life or fucking whatever, make myself sound like a pretentious cunt, like I'm growing <laughs> away from my friends. But I just – yeah. You know what I mean? Like with my originals band, I felt like we we did it for 10 years. We all started in the same place, I, I, I feel. And then by the end of that 10 years, they were the same and I was sort you of – progressed. I felt like I was raising grown men, you know. Yes, yes. And, it's oh, exactly fuck, how it feels. Boring. 
Absolutely. Yeah, fuck, that's boring. Very oh. boring. Time to move like on. Like you'd be on tour. You'd be on tour and I'd be driving fucking whatever. I'd like to think I'm a good driver. And just things like you'd pull up to get petrol in the tour van mm. and – no cunt would move. Like, so it'd be like, yeah. oh, okay, so I'm driving. I guess I'll get out and fill the fucking van and I'll go in and pay. You know what I mean? Yeah, just, yeah, 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 yeah. You like people to, I don't know, fucking come to the party a bit and grow some balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're really good at that because when we went to the Northern Territory, you'd worked out everyone's baggage certificate or tickets and such a big help when someone does something as well. It's actually really good, you know, because then yeah. we've got the tickets ready to put on the baggage and we can get on the plane quicker, you know. Yeah, so that can yeah, help. But when it. people don't want to move, it drives me mental as well. Oh, Jesus, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but look, yeah, yeah, Saturday night we had a had a great night. It was so good to have you guys there. I sort of like when I looked around and saw you and Maddie because there were quite a few people there. When I looked around and saw you guys, it was a big, for me, like a big sigh of relief. Like, oh, thank God, you know. So, yeah, I hope you guys had fun, met some people as well. I just remember Oh, like, yeah, yeah, I had a great time. <laughs> I, I just remember time. we were doing we were doing shots in in a big group of blokes. You and I were doing shots with you know all these blokes, and we we're going through and like I think cheersing Mika's everybody. Sister was there. Oh, was she? And so you're yeah, you're like yep. cheersing everyone, and you're like going cheers. Don't fucking know ya. Cheers. Yep. No fucking idea. Cheers. <laughs> like <laughs> no. each, each dude. Yeah. Don't fucking know ya. You go. <laughs> Oh, uh, fuck, I, I think I had like a window of 20 minutes where I was a little bit pissed and then I was okay yeah. after that. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know? Oh, God. I had to yeah. get pissed to fucking listen to certain people, mate. You know, oh, I know. I'm not going to mention Crazy. any names but <laughs> oh, fucking Jesus, Jesus Christ. It's same the same old fucking, fucking story. shit. Ten oh, years it's been, mate. You know? Yeah, yeah. But um, I just wanted to talk about Rio because uh, I played it. We played it first up. Rio yeah. for me was quite a sexual thing, and I mean, I love Duran's first album, and I think Australia really did put them on the map when it comes to Duran Duran because it was when they yeah. first toured here. That was where they you, where they saw the crazies come out in the fans, you know. Like um, yeah, Australia really got them straight away because it was European sounding. And we loved it. So when people sort of say, which album do you love the best, it's usually Americans that want to know because they got the second album more than the first album. It wasn't really marketed to an American market, you know. But the first album for me was just incredibly romantic and just different and I loved everything about its darkness. So we do see light and shade in Rio. But the... uh, Actual, oh, thanks, honey. Maddie's just brought me some food. Oh, can you put it somewhere because I can't. Yeah, but I'm not going to be able to eat and fucking do a show, babe. Anyway. Oh. (laughs) Wow. Could you hear that? Could you hear that ambulance? Yeah, Yeah, that's on my end. Yeah, that's the the second ambulance that's ever gone through Williamstown in its history. Wow. Nothing ever happens here at night. Wow. That was a quick one. Anyway. Anyway. I hope everyone, that's what she said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, Rio for me, the, the video clip with the girl in it on the boat and she's kind of cock-teasing them all, like all five of them. Mate, of course. I remember thinking as a kid I wouldn't be fucking, 
throwing crabs and finger painting my fucking head, I'd be trying to shag him. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just remember Get thinking, to the point. Kid, exactly, you've got five of them wanting you, fucking root them. God. No, but I wonder who out of them, you know, if it was real, I wonder who out of the boys from Duran Duran would have been the first to go, well, you poofters can hang around. I'm going to fucking jump in and root her. Who do you reckon? Simon. You reckon Simon Absolutely. would be Absolutely. Oh, God, oh. yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Oh, that's sexy. Because Nick uh, would be not interested, pretentious. Yeah. And he probably was the only one that really had a serious girlfriend at this time. I might be wrong, but he might yeah. have even just about ready to get married. Uh, yeah. yeah. John is always to himself. Simon does, well, this is before Yasmin, obviously, does love a bit of crumpet, you know, <laughs> when he can get it. And Roger's very, he's just a drummer that loves music, you know. Yeah. He's not a See, fan. See, I. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I'd like to think that it was Roger that would go first. Oh, right. Oh, I'd love <laughs> to think that too. Yeah, I got but, a bit of a crush on Roger. Yeah. I don't even know what her name was but she was pretty, you know, mm, and gorgeous. she was Rio, man, and yep. we all wanted to be that girl. And I think that's a perspective that's really interesting is that when you're 12 and 13 and your hormones are jumping like a disco, that storyline of having the one girl for five men can make your heart race a bit, you know, all these cute Fuck boys yeah. throwing, you know, and she's throwing fucking crabs at them. I also did think she may have had crabs and that was a symbolic That was a suggestion. metaphor. Yeah, yeah, but that stand, was just me. Stand back, I've got crabs, yeah. That's yes. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yeah. Now they're all quite long. So this is quite a long song. It comes in at five minutes thirty-three on the LP. Yep. It's got that sort of decent intro, you know, where it sort of like uh, fades in kind of thing. But um, yeah, pretty interesting for a, for a, a single. They they always are. Duran Duran tend to have longer singles, you know, because they're they're so fucking good. You you want to hear. As much as you can. Yeah, that's right. They really Oh, work. they had so many mixes and stuff happening as well, which was yeah. always the way. Yeah, no. Rio, I think, well, that was the one where, where Nick threw the fucking rods on the piano or some shit and made the bloody backwards noise at the front, you know. Oh, uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was how right. they made that backwards and they reversed it. Uh, Nick likes to throw things from what I've heard and that's what he threw. Yeah. Because in Beautiful. these days you didn't have pro, pro Tools and you didn't have stuff. So if you needed to record a track, uh, Roger would need to drum for five minutes to get this happening. Yeah. You know, exactly. and that's what yeah. made bands in this time such good bands live because they yeah. had done yeah. it in the studio. Nowadays, mm-hmm. you don't know whether you're going to get a good live band or if you're going to get crap, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, this. But love um, it. Uh, we've looked at the first track, Rio. This the album was released tenth of May, nineteen eighty two. We're yeah. celebrating the fortieth uh, um, year anniversary, of course, and it would be sort of remixed and then released in the US. I think it was early the following year. 
Um, it yeah. could have been actually. It could have been. Oh yes, it was. It was remixed sort of later in '82, and then re- remixed. Um, no, it was. It was. It was released later that year. So May '82 in the UK, and then um, November '82 in the US. And this album really pushed them into the US. This sort of really made them big. They had already made a mark. But this really made them superstars. Yeah, well, they had the um, USA mixer David Kirschenbaum, I think his name was. So he treated the songs differently. Nick was the yep. one that sort of went, I don't know if these are going to work in, in in America, you know, these versions of the song because they were quite European sounding. So it was Capitol Records that actually said, hey, uh, to David, you need to hear this song and David went, what a fucking song. And it was Hungry Like the Wolf. And I think yeah. they started treating that first and making it more American for the dance floors, you know. And they were really lucky with MTV coming in as well. MTV was the one that kick-started it all for them as well to the fact yeah. that they could see where Duran Duran albums were you know, being brought because one side of the street had cable and the other side didn't. So yeah, it yeah. was like certain yeah. areas of America were selling boxes of the up. shit. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, so now I was listening to I was listening to the different recordings today and I was listening to sort of how the American one differed to the original English version. How would you sort of describe it? Like the difference? It sounded to me, and I may not have listened to the right track, that the bass was up in the mix more but not really much different. Yeah, yeah. Not a hell of a lot different, a lot more different. It sounded rockier to me and a lot more thumping. So um, I don't know, just that bit heavier. For, uh, in in some way, I couldn't couldn't quite put my finger on it, and and not sort of heavier in a muddy way, because the the, the great thing about this album, um, and Duran Duran generally, but especially this album, is that you can hear every part so very clearly, and you can really hear the character of each player yeah. coming through. It's not like the drum gets lost or the bass get lo- gets lost or anything like that. You can hear all of them and you can sort of really get a sense of their character coming through. Well, that's right. And they were five individuals but, you know, the planets aligned when they all got came together. Gotcha. And, th- and that's Absolutely. the thing that, you know, I was talking to our friend at your baby shower the other night and something came out of my mouth and I couldn't believe it. He said to me, you know, I just want to do one gig that's really good a month. And I looked at him and I went, and I didn't even realise I'd said it. I was a bit drunk and I went, I want to be the best in the world. And he just looked at me and flinched. And then I flinched at my own, you know what I mean? It was like, well, what yeah. do I want to be the best? Oh, it's something, I don't know what. But I was kind of like, well, you want one gig a month? Fucking why are you wasting my time? Like, and that's the thing, the dynamic of five people coming together and having the same fucking aspirations and energy is absolutely unstoppable. Unstoppable. And this is the thing that dumb shits don't understand. If you aren't getting along with someone or you don't want to do this because your girlfriend wants to have a baby or you don't want to do this because your (laughs) mum doesn't like your fucking haircut, whatever. All that shit matters, you know. And these guys 
fucking all wanted this success. That is all there is to it. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Awesome. And that's what I love about this record because we really feel that connection in Rio because yeah. it's their second time around, you know. Uh-huh, that's right. Like you've got a lifetime to write your first album. You have your whole fucking life to write your first album. The second album, not so much. You got to mm, get it out mm. in the next year. Luckily, yeah. some of the leftovers were put on Rio from the yeah. Duran Duran's first album, but still, there is a definite light and shade with both of them. And you know, I I loved the first album as well, but yeah, yeah, I couldn't really see the difference with the American version that much. Yeah, yeah, awesome. All right, well, let's uh, play some more music, eh? Yeah. So the next track we've got was the second song on. The album. Now, I did love this, but I kind of skipped it on the record sometimes, and it's this one. Thoughts on this track compared to the original? I kind of like the the rhythm section. I really like the – I really like the groove. It's really, really fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, The band themselves don't like this song. No. They they, Yeah, it's one of their least favourites. Yeah. Um, But it did okay. It it went to number 14 in the UK and number 10 in Australia. And I think – was this the first single released off this album? I'm not sure, but I think the version you're talking about was the dance version before this record. What year were you looking at? Because there was the the funky disco one and then there was this on this record. So there's two yeah. versions and we have talked about it before and, in the Duran Duran And special. they're quite different, aren't they? Very different. Yeah. Very different. Yeah. I love Andy's guitar work on the ding a ding 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 that kind of changa-changa stuff, but yeah. I'm just not into the treatment of it. I think yeah, right. it kind of ruined it for me and I really couldn't understand why they had re-released it. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, yeah. And the video yeah. to my own way had the Spanish girls and the the catwalk and the you know the fluffing around and the fans and it was just so amazing and then yeah we got this which was like half speed you know yeah yeah but this was the record this was the song that I usually skipped because I'd heard the original and I loved it you know but yeah yeah I don't think they released this version. At all, but the first one they released after the first Duran Duran album, I think. 
Yeah, right. Because we used to see him on Simon Townsend's Wonderworld and all those kind of funny shows. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, I prefer the first version. I think Duran don't like this treatment of it. I think they don't mind the song but I don't know whether they like the treatment of this. Yeah, yeah. I get that. So do I. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Lonely in Your Nightmare, Let Me In. That's oh, my shit yeah. voice for you people. <laughs> now, I love this one. This was a little bit dreamy. We all had nightmares as kids and if Simon wanted to be in my nightmare, I would have fucking thought that was great. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I, I um, I love the filter on uh, Simon's voice. It's something that they use sort of quite throughout the album, mm. and um, it really works with his voice. It's really cool. I don't know sort of quite what they've done, but um, I love it. It's sort of really signature Duran Duran sound. I, I, I really love that filter. Yeah, Simon was also. Are really good at layering his own voice. There's not many people that can yeah. do that really well. And yeah. when you go in the studio yeah. and you do, and knowing that you would have had to have done it organically as well, yeah. you need to be able to fit the phrasing and all that stuff. And Simon's one of those singers that can just do that so well. So he is like an instrument in himself, you know. Yeah, yeah. I think... Um, I think singers who were actors are good at that because they're really, they're really connected to the words, like really deeply connected to the words. And especially if they've done theatre and stuff, they're used to uh, doing multiple passes of certain phrases and stuff because that's what you do in theatre, you know. Um, yeah. And Simon, Simon was an actor. He was a he was a theatre actor. That's but right. um, something that I was going to mention as well, in my own way, they do something when they mix the harmonies where they they pull out the upper harmonies and make them really prominent, and it sort sort of gives it like a really weird direction. It may it you know. It's like it's like in I don't know Marilyn Manson or Nine Inch Nails where they'll always leave like a weird harmony in there, but it just works. Like an out of tune sort of one, you mean? Kind of, just an interesting one. Not yeah. so much out of tune, but just an just an inch. Like it works, but it's just kind of like 
a bit challenging on the ear. And um, Jurendran always do it and it's usually one of the upper harmonies. Mm. It's, it's another really sort of signature Jurendran thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. And, and Simon's voice did have a different style about it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, you know, not many people can sound like Simon Le Bon, you know, like it's no, not easy. God, no. I, I've seen a lot of uh, the Duran Duran tribute bands and I've gone, mate, your band's okay but you don't sound like Simon. He's very hard to articulate and to get sort of around, you know, vocally yeah, where yeah. you sound like him because he's got this sort of slide down that he does and then he's got this push that he does and, and, and it's really unique and – he was a huge fan of Jim Morrison, which I didn't really know oh, about. Is that right? Yeah. So the poetry in the lyrics and stuff is a Jim Morrison thing and sort of, you know, loving him and stuff like that. And of course, every, oh, wow. all of them love David Bowie and all that bizzo, but, you know. Oh, awesome. Yeah, no, Lonely and Your Nightmare. I, I love that. I, I remember I used to have the hugest pair of uh, jugs. Well, I do now anyway, but the hugest <laughs> pair. The hugest pair of jugs on my head when I was 13, like, you know, headphones and, you know, headphones. And yeah. I would just dream of these video clips in my head. Like you would just basically think about, you know, scenarios in your head listening to this music. It was fantastic. Yeah. And that's very Piscean, yeah. Yeah. very Piscean to do that, you know, having a moon in Pisces, you know. Yeah, yeah. So do you want to do – well, no. let's look at the single that, that hit MTV pretty hard and this was filmed in Sri Lanka, obviously. Everyone knows where we're going to go with this. And <laughs> just a song that you need to sort of really – is that Maggie in the background? Yeah, she's going mental. Mick Maggie. Is putting the, Mick is putting like the, the massage gun on her and she's going mental. Oh, hi, darling. How are you? Hello. <laughs> Did you get your baby shower present? Did you love it? Oh, yes. Oh, thank you. Yes. Yeah. I just you. dumped so about beautiful. 12 episodes of the 80s montage on there for the baby. Yeah. Yeah. Just what? Uh, Hank, downloaded, you what? downloaded about 12 episodes of the 80s montage on there oh, for the great. baby. Oh, Te- great. Yeah, teach it <laughs> swearing. Yeah. Yeah, teach it how to swear. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, oh, it's all happening. Uh, yeah, so ha- let's have a look at the single, the one that really broke America, I think. And Fantastic. Here it is. <laughs> I'm hungry. Is it? Oh, yeah, I'm hungry. I'm always hungry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my dinner is watching me now, but I'm not going to eat it now because I want to enjoy we it. We just, Mika just bought pizza home. So oh, I've got lovely. that way. Oh, lovely. 
Yeah. <laughs> Holy oh, shit. Oh, wow. What did he bring? Like a whole lot of pizza. Yeah, our mate, you might have met him the other night, but he, our mate, um, runs our guy. local pizza shop. Yeah. 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 The hot one? Yeah, the hot one, the hot lebo. Wow. Maybe I did yeah. meet him. I don't know. Hence why, hence why we go in for pizza all the time. Ah, excellent. <laughs> Got to go in for the perv. Yeah. So hungry, hungers. We love hungers. Yeah, we've sung this a hundred thousand times. Absolutely. If you Good have song. an eighties band, it is a great song, without a doubt. Mm. Really well produced. Yeah. Uh, great story. Great video clip. You know. In Sri Lanka. Very poppy, very poppy as they go, as Duran Duran goes. That's right. This is where, this is like commercial Duran Duran, isn't it, really? Yeah. Although, you know, over this album, they've got, they've got a lot of hits on, on this album. You know, it's a really, really um, big commercial album, but it still manages to be artistic all the way through. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. It is a work of fucking art. And who would have thought that 40 years, uh, a couple of days ago, we would be looking at this album because I never thought that as a kid. I never thought, you know, the music industry is going to get worse and this shit is going to be something to talk about historically. It's going to hold a photograph of what it was like in the 80s from, you know, Anthony Price doing the suits and the tropical clothing to, you know, been remixed in the USA and and stuff like that and it was just a totally different time and when you look back at the videos I don't think they're dated at all I think they put Sri Lanka on the map for a start <laughs> yeah like I didn't know what Sri Lanka was and all I you know all I saw was the video clips and it just looked incredible you know yeah 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 and this is where Simon acts a bit more you know, he's in the the uh, cafe and he's looking underneath his glasses and all that stuff and and he loved that because, as you say, he did theatre. You know, he was an actor. Yeah, that's right. Beautiful film clip. Like actually great clip. Like it um, really – it's like a portrait of each member. Um, yeah, love it. Really beautiful shots, beautiful frames um, and it, sh- you know, really shows them – uh, harnessing what it took to dominate MTV. Yeah, well, that's right. Because I remember Roger saying that no, not many bands wanted to shoot videos. They couldn't be bothered, you know. So MTV yeah, would same. ask everyone and this was the one that they they put on. And it was Russell Mulcahy who's an Aussie, which makes sense because we fucking love Duran Duran in Australia. To get an Aussie director, I think that just made so much sense. But obviously Roger. Russell's done more than Duran Duran, but he wanted to be a filmmaker and, and he unfortunately couldn't get there. So this was the way he could do little films, you know. Mm, mm, that's right. With his, yeah. uh, with his thing. But I remember Russell saying I'd shot so much footage we still didn't know how we needed to put it together. Like yeah, I remember right. Rio, he didn't think he had enough footage. So what they did was the double screen thing just to make it fill out a bit of time. So oh, yeah. I don't know, like it was because they basically went over to where they were having a holiday oh. and said stay there in Antigua, I think, Antigua or whatever you call that country um, near the Caribbean. And, um, Montego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or somewhere, Antigua. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So he didn't know whether he had enough sort of footage to make the, the video but it came out being it's just in the epitome of the 80s really with, you know, the artwork and everything. But, yeah, we do Hungry Like the Wolf in Rewind 80s. We love it and, you know, now now with the 40th anniversary we're going to have to keep it in the set I think as well. The next track uh, is Hold Back the Rain. I love Hold Back the Rain. I think it's a brilliant, brilliant song uh, and let's just have a little listen now. Um. Back the rain and push a bit of pasture in. Did you hold see me? Hold back the rain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, bloody hell, mate! Maddie's been Got home. Be in there. Yeah, Maddie's oh, yeah. been home for two weeks. I fucking yeah. love it because he cooks. Oh, does everything. beautiful! Yeah, it's so Fantastic. good. Fantastic! I love it. Yeah. Ah. Hold back the now, rain. I love, love it. this song. I love the bass work. I love the rhythm work on this. Fucking mm-hmm. beautiful. Yeah, and. John Taylor is one of the best bass players on the planet, without a doubt. 100%. 100%. And he's my mark to when I get a fill-in bass player for Rewind 80s. Even yeah. if they're 25, you know, I'll yeah. go, you know John Taylor from Duran Duran and if they go, nah, I usually know their shit. And if yeah, they go, yeah, uh, I know they're going to be on the money. And Josh was like that, our young Josh, who's 25, that fills in for Timor. Uh, he knew John Taylor. He was in awe of John Taylor and that was like, you got the gig, bitch. Great. You know. Oh, good on him. And all of them are great musos. All of them were. Yeah, yeah. And they 100%. just they just looked great as well. And I don't think the world really understands when you're perfect in every way, you know. There's always something you're not perfect at. But as far as looks were concerned and – and, and musicians, they were pretty perfect, I think. I mean, that would be one of my favourite bands of all time. It would. It actually would have been tough for them because I think they were underestimated a lot because they were on the surface like a boy band, you know. Um, they can't yeah. help it if they were fucking fantastic looking and like could wear fashion and everything, you know. They just so happened... To, to be like that. They were an amazing band. I never saw them as a boy band. I think yeah. that's an American thing because at the time. I think that's that, how they were marketed in the US. Yeah, um, maybe because Americans were listening to Foreigner 
and yeah, Van yeah. Halen and fucking Phil Collins and shit, you know. Yeah. Like they weren't – a boy band to me in 81, 82 was like New Edition or the Jacks – excuse me, the Jackson 5 or something. And yeah. not even that was a boy band to me. Boy bands to me were later in the 80s when, you know, the, the white guys started to try and sing in harmonies, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I always thought of them as a band. I always thought of them as musicians. I and like a Spandle Ballet, like you know, they were always. No one called them a boy band. It was just something the no, American. God, no. It's yeah. just something the Americans gave it's them. A and, marketing thing. And it's like, well, no, they're not really because what boy band have you seen with a fucking bass bass guitar in his hand, mate? You know, exactly. maybe Tito from the Jackson Five. That's it. Who the fuck else? <laughs> like, it doesn't. Bloody makes sense. And we knew them so well before everyone else because Australia fucking loved them, you know. We, we yeah. put them on countdown. We went to their gig, you know. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So that was Hold Back the Rain. I love it. The next – I haven't put down New Religion. I thought I'll, I'll leave that one. But New Religion was great. It was spooky. It was there. It was driving music. I loved it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Awesome track but, as well. But, but this one I love, 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 love. This is probably close to one of my favourite tracks on the album and I'll play it for you now. Love it as much yeah, as I love this pasta. Very musical, very challenging. This song. So I got this song straight away as a kid. For me, it was like <clears throat> it was sorry. It was like um, standing on a stairway or a staircase or whatever, watching yep. down your love interest. You're looking down at your love interest, and you've only got half an hour. To fucking go and speak to them or half an hour to make them notice you. And I almost got a little bit sad about this song because it was like, oh, Syme, go up to her and speak to her, mate. You know what I mean? Yeah, you have a chance, Simon. Yeah, it's not your last chance on the stairwell. Stairway. Stairwell, how was he? (laughs) And I I still find people that like – I'm, I don't know. I think of one person the whole fucking day, but I have friends that are still trying to get this elusive person, this fucking oh. 
I think I'm a piece of shit and they're on the fucking realm that I'll never be on unless I touch them and fuck them. You know what I mean? Oh, God. Mate, let's get, you know, but for us at that age, that's exactly how we felt when we weren't noticed by your loving sister, you know? I still, like, from that age, I still remember, like, the ones that got away. Like, when you you sort of, like, didn't take the chance and you're still kicking yourself, you know? I still remember that feeling of... Regret straight afterwards, like ah, oh, you fuckhead, you know. Funny, yeah. For me, that was like going to a blue light disco and you've dressed yourself up to the max. It's like you know, blue light disco. So you're early eleven, twelve, and you've got the hots for some guy, and the night's over. The lights go on, and and you haven't spoken to them, and so you have to wait until. Seven days later, the next blue light, if it was <laughs> two to three weeks later, to speak to them, you know. And yeah. the, the reality is if they don't come up to you, if they don't notice you, maybe it's not for you, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Why force it? Still a great subject. Really good. And that's mm, the good thing about Duran and Simon is that they had this knowing and this sense of what people were thinking but couldn't express it and they just beautifully expressed it in this language called music that I think resonated with people and that's why the album still resonates now because it's like, Mm. oh, fuck, remember when you were shy, you know. And the bass line is fucking insane. The bass line is. is insane. And John Taylor was 16 when he picked up the bass. You know what I mean? Fuck. Wow. That's old for a musician. Yeah, it is. And yeah. he must have just fucking played for hours a day, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, love, love it. it. How's your pizza? It's waiting for me. Oh, let's shit. punch through. All right, let's yeah. punch it through. All right, now, last chance on the stairway. All right, let me um go to the next track. That is one of our favourites. We absolutely love it. Beautiful track. Yeah, yeah. This clip again uh, directed by Russell Mulcahy. Mm-hmm. Um, real, this is a massive fan favourite. 
This one, like if you're a Duran Duran uh, fan, you love this song in particular. This um, this was their sixth single overall and mm-hmm. I think the third off this album. The th- um, and it went to number two in the UK oh. mm-hmm. and they originally weren't going to release it in the US but it, it um, when they did it went to number 16. Yeah, that's great. And just the lyrics, and you wanted to dance so I asked you to dance but fear is in your soul. Some people call it a one-night stand but we can call it paradise. How many chicks fucking got wet in the undies listening to that shit, Oh, my God. Could you imagine? I just got wet. Yeah. I got wet and I also thought as a kid, all right, well, I'm going to fucking have a one-night stand and see if it does feel like paradise. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Because I was all fucking, oh, hang on, I'm going to be Brooke Shields and a virgin for 28 million years. (laughs) And then I hear this song and I'm like, it's giving me permission to have a one-night stand. Yeah, if it's it's potentially paradise, I'm going to find out the hard way, excuse the part. I'm going to get a fucking ticket to paradise, mate. (laughs) You know, absolutely. (laughs) Uh. Beautiful song. So the last <laughs> song on the record is, I think you've done this live, yeah? With your band, well, the band you had with Maddie Knight version. Oh, yeah, right. Last song on the record. Absolutely. This by far is my favourite, favourite song. Possibly my favourite Duran Duran song, although, oh, that's really tough to call because I love a lot of uh, Durani tracks, but definitely my favourite off this album. Oh, look, a lot of people love this song, you know. Uh, I did have the demo version but I didn't put it on the machine because we had a couple of problems today. But let's have a listen to the, the version on Rio itself. But you're right, it is one of their best songs. The Shofar. Time with your beating heart 
When the sun drips down, bedding heavy behind The front of your dress, all shadowy line When the droning engine drops in time With your beating heart me shivers i fucking love it amazing amazing do you know what i loved about it the most mm. when i saw the video clip perry lister's in it billy idol's ex-girlfriend oh, yeah. yeah and she's got her tits out you know there was a lot of nudity and i thought that was fucking cool man like i wanted to be <laughs> perry lister just for one day you know so i loved it because boobs we're not a big deal with Duran Duran a lot of the time, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. get your tits out. So this for me was art and then the chauffeur, you know, the girl driving the car. But I kind of wanted me, I wanted to get a little bit naked in a video and, yeah, flash to me at 50 getting naked in a TV show. But <laughs> I kind of found it really interesting because they were quite flat-chested as well. And I was yeah. flat-chested, so I thought, "Oh, it's cool to be flat-chested." You know what I mean? Well, it was uh, it was like quite a model thing to be sort of flat-chested, but still get them out, you know, and and therefore very Duran Duran that that connection. Mm-hmm. Girls on film are a little, thing, little bit fuller. That's right. To yeah, a bit more. I guess I don't know American or something. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, they are a <laughs> bit fuller. Um, Because they need to be fuller for, for, you know, mud wrestling. But um, (laughs) I I, I guess. (laughs) But um, I love this song as well. The the Deftones covered this. Uh, Deftones are another one of my favourite bands. And they're also – you couldn't get – probably couldn't get two bands less alike than Duran Duran and Deftones. And it's always intrigued me why the Deftones – uh, chose chose Duran Duran to cover like this because they they don't need to like their songs are incredible and very very sexy and sort of I don't know back in the day when I was sleeping around like Deft Deftones was sort of one of those go to bands like play one of their albums because I was really into rock as well where um you know you you'd play it when you were bringing someone home or whatever and just to provide the soundtrack that incredible so like yeah they've got like a similar sexy kind of through line that that Uh that connects them Mm -hmm. um yeah and i love their version too so they 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 begin not that dissimilar like the deftones version and this version are quite similar at the beginning but then sort of deftones really make it heavy towards the end and do a few different things. Maddie loves the Deftones version as well. But um, yep. um, listen to that guys out there as well. Go and check out the Deftones version after you've played Duran Duran and just give it a little comparison. Yeah. Well, all musicians, I mean, we've all been original musicians, still love Duran Duran in some form where oh, yeah, you do. can just feel that energy if you do, um, especially the chauffeur. But yeah. 
it's the reason I do covers because you get to the experience of the song. It's more of the experience yeah. of the song, you know, and, and actually going, wow, and having this fantasy that maybe you could have written that song, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But without gotcha. being a wanker. Without being I a wanker. I always fantasise that. I always fantasise that. Like when I hear something just, just fucking sexy and cool, I think like, ah, oh God, why didn't I think of it, you know? Yeah, well, the yeah. thing with Duran was they were risk takers. They didn't do things because they wanted to write a hit. They did things because it just worked as a five-piece and that's what they all wanted to portray. So yeah. later on in life as we see the 80s go by, especially 86, 87, we start to see the record companies starting to mould the artist and making yeah. this hit record so it's a guaranteed fucking hit. And Duran yeah. weren't that band and that's why they're far from a fucking boys band because yeah. they've got their music that they've written the past ten years. I mean, John and Nick were friends, you know, and they're incredible musicians. Like Zach Zedris loves Andy Taylor on guitar and Zach is oh, a Van wonderful. Halen fan, you know what I mean? Yeah, So yeah. if you're a musician, you fucking get Duran Duran but – if you're a fan that doesn't know musicality, you just get it because of the looks of the boys. You That's know? right. There really are sort of multiple layers to Duran That's Duran. That's right. And, yeah, I love it when other music musos love Duran Duran. I'm like, you really know music, you know. You can look You can look through the marketing and see the music and, and not not be scared off by somebody else's misconceptions. That's right, absolutely. And it was so important for creativity to people to stick to their guns and, you know, like come in and just do weird shit and do two bass lines in the song or four guitars yeah. and, and stuff like that. And you've got to remember at the end of the day this is organically made. It's like organic European art where they yeah. haven't – tuned up Simon's voice or they haven't, you know, there's been, this is where producers really did their work, you know what I mean? They, they actually said, yeah. Simon, do that note again, you know. So um, really, really exciting times for music and I guess if you look at the history of music, a lot of the bands that were really, really good would be the ones that used to pre- record in the studio, you know, like this organically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the also far. with this song. Yeah, yeah, the chauffeur. Stunning lyrics by Le Bon. Really, really beautiful. Um, it's a beautiful showcase of Nick Rhodes and Le Bon working together because it is largely, I mean, it's all electronic, this piece. Um, yeah. And, yeah, a beautiful, a beautiful little, if I can be a wanker for a second, beautiful little pas de deux between Nick Rhodes and Simon Le Bon. Um, yeah, lovely. I love it when sort of bands do things like this where um, they will let kind of two of the members, I don't know, have a have a little bit of a solo or a play. It's like not everyone has to jump in all the time, you know. They, it's um, it's a, it's a beautiful. This song's largely a beautiful little moment between Nick and Simon. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. No, incredible. Yeah. And even. Um, the boys used to go out separately and do uh, smash hits. So the first smash hits cover I think Duran did, it was only Nick and Roger or John. It was only two of them. 
and it wasn't oh, Simon. Wow. So the way they marketed everyone as an individual, I think, was sharing the limelight, and I think that's really important as well. Really if, smart. You know, yeah. if you if you can share the limelight and not put people in white suits to make them look fat, you got it <laughs> fucking right. You're going all right, right? Because there is a skill to actually making the whole band look incredible without feeling like you look ridiculous. Not, not you know have I mean? fucking Cinderella in front and then put all <laughs> all the fucking then put all the fucking bridesmaids in ugly dresses yes. so you look better. That's Fuck's right. Sake. Oh. oh, we're not talking about Duran here. We were looking at a photo today. Yeah. It was pretty funny. Just oh, ridiculously God. funny <laughs> and so obviously worried about himself that he put his band in fucking horrible suits and they look oh. huge, you know. Here's my Ridiculous. bass player, the Marshmallow Man, and yeah. my drummer, also the Marshmallow Man. But remember hell, I'm mate. there. Remember I'm in the band. Yeah, don't forget about me in my fucking yeah. black outfit. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's fucking hilarious. But, yeah, no, Idiots. that's – I reckon – I reckon that's our show, baby. I think that's a great sure is. thing, you know. It sure is. Wonderful to talk about it. Please, guys, this album has hit the 40-year anniversary. Please play it. Play it, play it, play the shit out of it and get your friends to play it too and let's get it in the charts. No doubt it will chart, but imagine yeah. if it went number one again. That would be wonderful, me. wouldn't it? Fantastic. I hope you've enjoyed our little exploration. We certainly have. Yeah. Now, the pizza calleth, Sammy. Do you um, do we have any uh, any gig up and coming gigs that we need to spoke of, uh, uh, other than uh, you know tweed heads? Uh, of course. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, Bansdale, which we had the commercial at the start of the show. Bansdale is fourth of June, and then the eighteenth of June is Shepparton at the theatres as well. The gigs in between are just corporate, to be honest with you. Yeah, just like yeah, private functions. So uh, we'll we'll get to the gig guide next show. But, yeah, That's if you're right. coming to Bansdale, that is going to happen. People are writing to me going, I hope it happens, mate. We've been working for months. We're busier than ever. We will be there. Yeah, Bansdale, Shepparton, we'll see you soon. Good on you guys. Come and check out Rewind 80s Live if you have the opportunity, guys. Now, the 80s montage, please like, share, rate and review. Give us five stars. Jump on board as a, as a subscriber on over 10 different platforms now. It's awesome. Become a subscriber on multiple platforms because some of them, the, the episodes pop up sooner than others. So really, really strategic to um, jump on a few and become a subscriber. Best of all, become a Patreon for as little as $1.50 a month and for $10 a month you get the extra episodes which uh, will be sent directly to your email. How do you become a Patreon, Sammy? Where do you go? You can go to patreon.com forward slash the 80s montage podcast. Lovely. Or just go the 80s montage.com and that has everything on there. How awesome is that? Yeah. Fucking absolutely. fantastic. Absolutely. Good on you guys. All around the world, our listeners all around the world, we're reaching out there, giving you a big hug and a kiss through through the airwaves. Thank you for listening, everyone. Thank you to all our patrons and our subscribers. And if it's music, mateys. Or cool shit from the 80s. We're going to talk about it. Unreal. Unreal.